3: Recorded live. Hi, Jack One Two, One Two, One Two, One Two. This is Jam Radio Network.
4: What's the basis for morality? This is Ken Ham, author and speaker on science and the Bible's reliability. I'm often accused by atheists of lying to children when I teach them about the true history found in the Bible. So I ask atheists, what basis can you tell me lying's wrong? You see, in order for them to say that lying is wrong, they have to borrow from my biblical worldview. If we just evolved from animals, then we're really no different from the animals. Animals do what's best for them, so why can't I just do what I want as long as it helps me? Now, most atheists won't agree with that kind of morality, but to say that something is wrong, they have to appeal to an absolute standard, but they don't have one. It's God's word that tells us what's right and what's wrong. Without a creator, we've no basis for morality.
0: Want to know more about the basis for morality? Visit our faith-affirming website to learn about our creator at answersingenesis.org.
1: Looking for a lift? Experience A Seed from the Soar with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia.
5: Her house was burning, and the firemen raced to put out the fire. But she tripped one and stopped another. "'Ma'am,' asked the chief, "'How do you want your house, medium, rare, or well done?' She wanted her house saved but on her own terms. And there are many who want their souls saved but on their own terms. If you're to be saved, it must be by God's terms. It's not by trying but by trusting, not by reformation but by regeneration, not by the church but by Christ.'" Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. For your free copy of Dr.
1: Guido's daily devotional, Feeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Meador, Georgia, 304-39.
2: Visit us on the web at thesower.com. This entire piece of music is played with only two instruments, a right hand and a left hand. Hands can do incredible things, but nothing compares to using them to help save a life with hands-only CPR. If an adult suddenly collapses, call 911, then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives. Hands-only CPR is recommended by the American Heart Association, and it's incredibly easy and effective. Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. The power to help save a life is in your hands. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council.
6: So who is pushing your buttons? Hi, this is Jonathan Falwell. When we are not controlled by and walking in the Spirit of God, we are literally giving in that raw lust and desire of our hearts. We have to get away from that because what happens in the end is is always the same. The end leads to destruction. It leads to fighting against the Spirit who is alive and well in us and leading us and guiding us. We are fighting against ourselves. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions. In other words, we have to refocus our desires so that our desires are not in the things of the world, but rather we should want to live for him, walk with him, experience all that God has for us. And this can only be done with righteous living. One-on-one with Pastor Jonathan. To receive his daily
1: audio devotional free by email each day, register at fallwell.com. F-A-L-W-E-L-L. Falwell.com. This
4: is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
7: Happy day. Oh, happy day When Jesus wore, Jesus oh, wore. oh, when He won when Jesus wore when Jesus He, wore. he wore the way oh, so, oh, happy day Oh, happy day Oh, happy day oh, happy Happy day.
8: Good morning, it's your early morning gospel program Morning spracious. Here on Talk to You in Jam Radio Good morning to you and yours Our morning scripture Confirmed, Ezekiel twenty-nine, eleven 11-15 As we continue our study In the book of Ezekiel It reads No foot of man No foot of man shall pass through, through it. That foot of beast shall pass through it, neither shall it be inhabited. Or make the land of Egypt ice desolate. The of the countries that are desolate and her cities among the cities that are
3: waste shall be desolate. Gather the Egyptians that disperse them
8: through the countries. That thus said the Lord God, as at the end of the forty years where I gathered Egyptians, people, whether they were it, will bring again the captivity of Egypt and will cause them to return
3: into the land of Petrus, the land of their inhabitants, their yeah. kingdom. Be the basis of the kingdom that it sought it itself any more of the nations, they should no more rule ever. Read to you,
8: twenty nine. Chapter of Ezekiel,
3: verses eleven to fifteen. Ready in the Book of Ezekiel. Thank you. This is Morty Inspirations on JAM Radio 2.1. Dear
8: Father God, we come before you this morning. Say
3: thank you. It comes is early in the morning. Thank you for your grace and mercy of those, Lord, who who
8: are in need, those, Lord, who are
3: in pain. Touch their bodies now, Lord. In name of Jesus. And with those Lord who was, who was incarcerated, And with those Lord who are homeless. And with those Lord who used to go. And with our, our children Lord who were out for the summer. Danger. Those Lord Lost your way. Remember those, Lord, who are just in need of something. Remember our veterans, Lord. To you as well, Lord. Men and women in the armed forces as well.
8: family, our friends, our church, family, our neighbors, and us.
3: those who are in mourning, those, Lord, who found my voice, be sick and tired. Lutheran
8: Hour is next. We'll be back at the top of the hour for more gospel inspiration music just for you. On this midweek Wednesday. Good morning.
9: The Lutheran Hour, bringing Christ to the nations. The resurrection of Christ forms the foundation of Christian faith which explains why many people are not Christians. Pastor Ken Klaus presents a message inspired by and dedicated
10: to those who don't believe Christ rose from the dead. For almost 2,000 years we have been preaching Jesus Christ died and rose for you. And for just as long people have rejected that message. Rather than telling you only what I believe, I thought I would go to my unbelieving friends and. Yes, I do have unbelieving friends, and ask them, what is your stumbling block to faith in Jesus? Stay with us for Pastor Klaus's message.
9: Hello, I'm Mark Eischer. Later, Pastor Klaus wonders why Christmas seems to draw more attention than Easter, and we'll learn about a children's booklet that tells the Easter story in rhyme. Now, with a message titled, An Unbeliever's Sermon, here's our speaker emeritus, Pastor Ken Klaus.
10: Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. On this Resurrection Sunday, the world is divided between those who believe in the living Lord and those who do not. May the Holy Spirit use this message to move souls from doubt to deliverance. In Jesus' name, amen. Peggy was a conscientious driver. When she set herself behind the wheel, she did not drink and drive. She did not send or receive texts she did not speed excessively and she did not give into road rage when people cut her off because she was a good driver when her vehicle began to shudder stutter and pop she was already in the freeway's right lane and was able to get safely to the shoulder of the road that was the way the situation was when in her rearview mirror she saw an arkansas highway patrolman pull up behind her the officer approached her door had her roll down the window so he could ask the traditional questions. Are you all right? What seems to be the problem? Peggy replied she was okay, but her car seemed to be internally hemorrhaging. The officer had her release the latch on the car's hood. Although not a mechanic, he was able to rule out some of the basic vehicle difficulties. Next, the officer asked Peggy to scoot over and place himself behind the wheel. He turned the key and nothing. It was then the officer asked, when was the last time you filled your car up? As near as I can figure, you're out of gas. To that good news, without thinking, flustered, Peggy said, is that all great? Officer, can you tell me, will it hurt the car's engine if I drive it home this way? To the officer's credit, he didn't grin or chuckle when he replied, well, ma'am, you may believe that will work but I believe you may find the trip to be a frustrating experience. Peggy believed one thing, and the officer believed another. The belief of one was right, the belief of the other was wrong. In this particular case, it is not hard to see who was correct. But there are other times, very serious times, when the choice does not seem to be so obvious. Today is Resurrection Sunday, the most important day in the calendar of the Christian church. If you are unaware that today means more than Easter bunnies, Easter eggs, and Easter bonnets, I can tell you this is the day Christendom celebrates the resurrection of the Redeemer. You see, I, and a great many people, believe that Jesus Christ, God's innocent Son, and the world's Savior, rose from the dead three days after he had been murdered. Some of you, and there are also a great many of you, don't believe a single word of that sentence. Simply stated, that means one of us may be right, and at least one of us is definitely wrong. Now, if you are an unbeliever, you may think, no problem. If you don't try to cram your faith down my throat, we can each believe what we want, and everyone will live happily ever after. This live and let live motto seems really good on paper. But from a Christian's point of view, there is a problem. The problem is this. We care about you. We care about you because you are our brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, spouses, children, and friends. We care about you because Jesus told us to care, but also because we believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven, which means he is also the only way to escape going to hell. And we don't want you beloved people to spend eternity in that bad place. More importantly... We believe God doesn't want you to spend eternity in a place where hope has been banished and happiness cannot be found. So you could be rescued from such a desperate and depressing fate, the Lord sent his son into this world. You probably know part of his story. You may know how, according to God's promise and prophecy, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. True man and true God, he did for us all we could not do for ourselves. Where we have sinned, he was perfect. Where we broke God's holy laws, Jesus kept them. Where we have fallen into temptations, he resisted them without a stumble or misstep. Last week, we remembered how Jesus carried our sins to the cross and was crucified. When he died, the work of buying us back, of paying the ransom for our rescue had been fully paid. These are some of the things we believe. They are the things which, when believed, move us from hell to heaven, from damnation to salvation. These are the things we believe in. For almost 2,000 years, believers have been inviting unbelievers to join them in worshiping God's Son who takes away the sins of the world. That many have come to believe this is borne out by the fact that the Christian church is the biggest organization the world has ever seen. But even as we believe in Jesus Christ as our Savior, we must admit that many, maybe even you, have declined to put your faith in the Redeemer. Reactions to the Gospel message have not always been meek, nor have they been mild. Today, many believers are being accused of being narrow-minded, bigoted, and backward. We are supposed to be legalistic, judgmental, and standoffish. In retaliation, the unbelieving world has decided to take off the kid gloves and fight back. In our country, that fighting is done in our classrooms and courtrooms. In other countries, politics has demanded that Christianity be forbidden and all missionary work be muzzled. Where other global religions hold sway, conversion to the Christ can be punished by death. All of you have seen how ISIS and other radical groups kidnap Christian girls and women for the purpose of slavery. You have seen the pictures of men lined up for execution, guilty of no other crime than saying, I believe in Jesus Christ as my savior. Yes, for almost 2,000 years, we have been preaching Jesus Christ died and rose for you. And for just as long, people have rejected that message. Which is why I thought, this year, this Resurrection Sunday message would be done differently. Rather than telling you only what I believe, I thought I would go to my unbelieving friends and, yes, I do have unbelieving friends, and ask them, what is your stumbling block to faith in Jesus? What has stopped you from acknowledging him as your Lord? Well, I asked, and most of them, not all, but most of them replied. Let me share with you some of their answers. The first from Massachusetts said, I don't believe because I can't. I don't know what happened on that day, but I do know Jesus didn't rise from the dead. Maybe Jesus didn't die on the cross. Maybe he went into a coma. Maybe his body was stolen. I don't know what happened, But I know Jesus didn't rise because if he did, I would have to be a Christian. You know, it surprised my friend to find out that on the first Resurrection Sunday, one of Jesus' closest friends thought the same thing. Mary Magdalene assumed that Jesus' body had been moved to a different location. Now, before I speak to that, allow me to say one thing Mary didn't consider. She never doubted Jesus had died. Why? Because she knew that the Roman whipping he had endured often killed a man right off. She had been there when he was crucified. She had seen when his body stopped writhing in pain and gasping for breath. She had seen the Romans stab Jesus with the spear. And she may have even noticed, as John did, blood and water coming out of that wound. For those of you who don't know, such separation of the blood serum from the platelets only happens when the heart has stopped beating for some time. Now... Mary knew Jesus had died. And as far as his body being moved or stolen, well, that didn't hold water either. She knew the disciples hadn't done it. They were too afraid. She knew the Romans hadn't done it. Pilate had allowed Jesus to be crucified because the Christ was supposed to be a threat to the emperor. Pilate certainly didn't want to have the rumors spread that Jesus was so powerful he had conquered the grave. As far as the Jewish religious leaders, they were the ones who had sealed the tomb and put a guard there. They had the most to lose if Jesus were alive. The truth is, that first Resurrection Sunday, nobody expected Jesus to rise, and almost everyone had a vested interest in having him stay dead. But that is not the reason Mary discarded her idea that Jesus' body had been moved. The real reason is the Savior came to her, spoke her name, and having allowed her to dry her tears, see for herself he had risen. Well, today's sermon is being written by unbelievers. That was one. There were others who wrote back to me. One of them, an old pal from Colorado, called me. He said, hey, Ken, thanks for asking. To be honest, no one has ever really done that before, not in so many words. In reply, I will make my answer short and sweet. I'm not a Christian because I can't believe that a person can rise from the dead, at least not after having been dead for three days. Although my friend didn't use the term preposterous, that word fits. The idea of a person who is really dead rising from the grave is unbelievable. I've buried hundreds of people and none of them have come back to life. Although zombies seem to be all the rage in science fiction nowadays, the truth is people don't come back from being dead dead. Cemeteries are filled with people who are exactly where they were placed hundreds, even thousands of years ago. And if the cemetery plot is opened and the body is not to be found, nobody, and I mean nobody, ever comes to the immediate conclusion, wow, Uncle Julius or Aunt Hortense has risen from the grave. No, my friend is not alone in his doubting. In fact, he is in good company. The women who first found out about the resurrection were at Jesus' grave not to greet a risen savior They were there to embalm a dead friend. When they told the disciples Jesus' closest pals didn't believe the news, even though Jesus had repeatedly told them that he was going to come back to life on the third day, they simply couldn't believe that he would make good on his promise. When ten of the disciples told their friend that Jesus had risen from the dead, he refused to take their word. Again and again, Jesus' conquest of death was denied, doubted, and derided as utter foolishness and complete fakery by those who had been warned of the resurrection, by those who should have known. I can tell you the day came around when they put their misgivings on the shelf and came to believe that the impossible was not just possible, was not just probable, but was real and factual. They put aside all thoughts that Jesus was a ghost. Or he was a figment of their imagination or some mass hallucination or wishful thinking on their parts. They began to change when Jesus physically, actually came to them. But seeing the Savior was not enough to dispel their doubts, he breathed on them and he ate with them. That's something ghosts and imaginary made-ups don't do. They touched him. And he willingly held out his hands for their inspection, offered his side for their examination. And if they still were not sure, they became sure when they saw him again and again and again and again. They saw him individually and as a group, and then at a crowd of over 500. Jesus' appearances happened often enough and were complete enough that eventually the doubters stopped doubting. They believed so strongly in Jesus' resurrection that they suffered martyrdom rather than denying the unique and wonderfully gracious act of god which had bestowed upon them forgiveness and salvation now i say that almost matter-of-factly i shouldn't do that it's not a small thing to hold on to your faith when a representative of isis is holding a gun to your head and you know you are going to die But it's quite another thing to suffer the deaths which tradition says came to the disciples. Peter was crucified upside down and Andrew nailed to the X-shaped cross which carries his name. Both were said to have kept preaching as they died. James was beaten, stoned, and clubbed to death. Bartholomew was skinned alive. Skinned alive. Almost all could have saved themselves by denying the living Lord. All went to their graves, confident of the Christ and trusting in the resurrection he had promised to give those who were faithful unto death. Once again, let me say, this Resurrection Sunday sermon is being written by unbelievers. I have time for one last comment. This one was an email from someone I had almost lost track of. He didn't pull any punches when he wrote back. He said, why don't I believe? How can I? Would a God of love allow injustice like I see in the world? Would a God who cares send anyone to hell? I wouldn't do that to my worst enemies, but your so-called loving Lord says he is going to do that to those he created and cares about. No thanks, I don't need to believe in that kind of God. More than the others, that email saddened me. I could not imagine how we could look at the same God and see him so very differently where he sees God as the author of life's tragedies and terrors, sadnesses, and sorrows, I see humankind creating and continuing to live in disobedience, wars, hunger, prejudice, injustice, and inequality. We could stop there, but we choose not to. Then, in discouragement, we lay the blame for these things at the feet of our all-caring God. We condemn him for sending souls to hell, but failed to acknowledge the fact that he has provided a means of salvation for every man, woman, and child in this world. All they need do, all my friends need do is believe God loved the world so much. He allowed his son to live, suffer, and die so that they might be saved. Jesus' glorious third day resurrection from the dead is his promise that there is a similar and joyful life for all who put their faith in him. In this message, I have quoted three of my unbelieving friends. God has given me the job of witnessing to them. They already have a copy of this message, and I will be visiting with them in the immediate future. But this message is also written for you and for the people whom the Lord has laid on your heart. For almost 2,000 years, believers have been telling unbelievers about Jesus' resurrection. Will you not join the Lutheran Hour this year in sharing the Savior's story with those doubters the Lord has entrusted to you so that they may join all of Christendom in a heartfelt, Christ is risen, he is risen indeed. To that end, we are at your disposal, and you are in our prayers. My friends, believe, feel free, and call us at the Lutheran Hour. Amen.
9: listening to the Lutheran Hour and this is Action in Ministry. Pastor Gregory Seltz joins us now and today Pastor Seltz we join with Christians all around the world in celebrating the resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ not so much on the chocolate bunnies and colored eggs. Yeah that's exactly right and while Pastor Claus's sermon will reach the ears of adults all across our world we have something special for our younger listeners as well. And Lutheran Hour Ministries has produced a number of resources, specifically for children. And author Susie Salee joins us. She's written a booklet titled The Story of Easter. We're happy to have you with us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for joining
9: us, Susie. We've got another special guest who's with us, and we'll introduce him a little bit later. But, Susie, first tell us a little bit about this book, The Story of Easter.
0: Uh, This booklet starts with Jesus riding in on his donkey into Jerusalem, and it takes us all the way through uh, the story to uh, Jesus' resurrection.
9: Okay. And why was a resource like this so important to produce?
0: I think it's important that children understand the complete story, and so Mm -hmm. my goal was to write it on a level that they understand, and it's a great way to share the gospel with the little children.
9: Yeah, sometimes even the stuff we write for our children also hits us right in the heart too, doesn't it? It
0: is, and it's (laughs) such an easy way to share the story of Easter. It's straight from the Bible, put into rhyme. It's a, it's a small booklet. I think it's visually appealing, and it's easy to just hand to a, a child, your grandchild, a neighbor, a friend, or uh, anybody that you can think of.
9: That's right. That's right. Parents can read this booklet with their children, or kids can read it to themselves. Yeah. And to help us get a taste of the booklet, we have a special guest with us today to read an excerpt, and his name is Hudson Bond. Hi, Hudson. How are you? Good. You're almost eight years old, and your mom introduced you to this book as a way to share the events of Easter to you and your siblings. And, and so, again, it's really good to be here with you. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, listen, what I'd like you to do is just go ahead and read a part of the book. You ready? Go ahead.
11: They crucified him, piercing hands and his feet. Jesus knew through his father he'd meet. Save yourself, Jesus. They shout from the crowd, making fun of our king as they boast out loud. They cast their lots by rolling the dice. They worn his clothes. They didn't think twice. Father forgive them. His love always true. Continue by saying they know not what they do. Jesus cried out, It is finished, he said. He surrendered his life as he bowed down his head. Trusting in God, he gave up his spirit. His voice from the cross, the people did hear
9: it. Tell me something special. What did you really like about this book?
11: It rhymes.
9: It rhymes. It sounds cool, doesn't it? Yeah, it's a beautiful story that you read really, really well. Well, thanks for being here with us.
11: I love being here.
9: Wonderful. You did a great, great job.
11: Yeah.
9: Some parts of the Easter story are a bit graphic when you look at it Mm. in the biblical text. How did you go about making this? in a, a kid-friendly manner.
0: You're right, Mark, That, that they are. But they're <clears throat> significant and important pieces of the story. And uh, the goal is to present the, the story in truth, mm-hmm. but in a way that sh- shares the actual events uh, so the children can understand. Right. We don't want to scare them or make them fearful, um, but we, we make the, uh, the graphics, uh, the illustrations, as realistic as we can, um, but, but in a way that they will understand and appreciate.
9: Mm, they still got the events of Easter, the, the arrest of an innocent man, his crucifixion and death, and then it's coming back to life three days later. That, that would classify as a great read, especially in rhyme, but you know the cool part about it, It's true, and that's one of the reasons we want our children to know this.
0: Absolutely. These are some of the events that set Christianity apart from other religions, and it's Mm -hmm. a key part of our faith, and it's important that we teach that to our kids.
9: Absolutely. There's nobody like Jesus, and this message is life-changing. You know, Christ died as the perfect sacrifice for our sins. He rose and he lives again that we might live in him. Susie, thanks for preparing this wonderful resource to help pass along Hudson. Thank you for doing such a great job of reading Incredible. that for us. I want
0: to hear him read the whole thing. Me too, <laughs> right? Well, thank you both
9: for being here today. All right. Thanks for great. having us. You're welcome. And that's our Action in Ministries segment today, to bless, to empower, and to strengthen your life in Christ for others. For your free copy of the Children's Easter booklet, call one 855 three sixteen. That's 1-855-564-6316 or request a copy online at lutheranhour.org. Our email address is info at Next week, Pastor Gregory Seltz says those who believe in Christ are blessed even though their struggles continue. Dr. Gregory Seltz, next week. Week, the Lutheran Hour shares the message of God's forgiving love for us in Jesus Christ. Your prayers and gifts help the Lutheran Hour share that good news directly through education and media and indirectly by supporting congregations and church bodies in their outreach efforts. To learn more about the worldwide outreach of Lutheran Hour Ministries, call 1 855 564 6316. Together we are bringing Christ to the nations and the nations to the church. Now Pastor Klaus invites us to join him in praying the Lord's
10: Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and remain with us all. Amen.
9: We are back once again with our speaker emeritus, Pastor Ken Klaus. I'm Mark Eisher, And a blessed Resurrection Sunday to you and our listeners. Resurrection Sunday. Uh, what about Happy Easter?
10: Now, I gave that up some time ago. Didn't feel the need to wish someone a happy day in the name of an ancient pagan goddess. <laughs> blessed Resurrection Sunday is a more appropriate Christian greeting. And it
9: certainly points to the Savior's resurrection. I think it also does something else. And that something else would be. Well, it serves as a bridge into our topic for today. We'll be comparing Easter with Christmas. So what is the question? While Christmas is often at the center of an ongoing culture war between believers and non-believers, this Sunday that we celebrate the resurrection is more or less a pretty much unheralded event. So the question is, shouldn't Easter be celebrated with more enthusiasm
10: than Christmas? Fascinating and insightful question. Mike, there are a number of reasons why Christmas gets top billing over the resurrection. And would one of those be
9: that we center Christmas on Jesus the baby?
10: A profound assessment of the situation, my friend. Truth is everybody can get on board when it's time for the celebration of a cute, cuddly infant's entry into the world. You don't have to be a believer to say Merry Christmas. That's because most everybody rejoices in the celebration of a new life in this world. On the other hand, the death of Jesus is not the kind of thing that appeals to
9: many. I
10: suppose it's kind
9: of like the difference between a birthday party and a funeral. But you said there were
10: other reasons? I did. As we already stated, you don't have to be a believer to put up a Christmas tree, give presents, or send a Christmas card with a picture of you and your dog. (laughs) On the other hand, to remember Christ's death, you are also obligated then to deal with the resurrection. And at that point, now you're dealing with matters of faith as well. Yes, anyone who says Christ is risen is making a statement of belief about the Redeemer. They're saying Jesus is not your average Joe. Indeed, to rise from the dead is something only God can do. And the world isn't ready to acknowledge Jesus as God's son. If you do that, you have to accept all the other things the scripture says about Jesus and the salvation he has won. Mark, now it's my turn to ask a question. All right. Why did this question come in right after Christmas? Right. It came in after
9: Christmas. We've been holding it till now. I believe our listener was reacting to the world's ongoing attacks on Christmas. You know, things like you can't put up a manger scene in a public place. You can't have public school children singing Christmas carols or taking a Christmas break.
10: Yeah, that kind of cultural war happens every year. Of course, the outcome of those battles changes from place to place. And what, what do you mean by that? I'm thinking of the small town of Wadena, Minnesota. For years, the city council there had put up a manger scene in the town park. That changed when they were threatened with a lawsuit if they continued the practice. And I understand they reluctantly gave the manger scene to some
9: clergy who put it up in a public place.
10: And that's where these kinds of battles usually stop. But this time, it didn't. What happened next? Well, the citizens of Wadena took a stand. They didn't like being pushed around told how to witness their faith. So... They started to put up manger scenes in their front yards. Storekeepers put them in their storefront windows. Some said there were more mangers in Wadena than there were people. So they were taking a bold, very public stand. Yeah, and that's not all. Someone read up on the laws of the community and found that private citizens could rent the band shell in the park which once had displayed the old community creche. When that became known, people took turns renting the place for the day. They set up a creche in the morning, In the evening, they took it down. Well, that's a very creative way to deal with it. Well, it was, and I share the story for a purpose. Believers can make a personal difference when they take a stand, either at Christmas...
9: Or or today, which is why you wished us a blessed Resurrection Sunday.
10: Yeah, that's exactly why.
9: Thank you, Pastor Klaus. This has been a presentation of Lutheran Hour Ministries.
3: Listening to morning
5: inspirations on Jam Radio two point one
7: Teach a new way Baby, and they listen To what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up And the world is in their hands When you teach your children Teach them the very best you can
4: This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
3: hotel, upscale restaurants,
4: gardens, art museums, and a stunning lakeside golf course. How interesting then that this village was built for immigrant workers at the Kohler Company, known for its innovative bath fixtures. Walter J. Kohler believed his workers deserved not only wages, but roses as well. He built them homes, school, a meeting hall, and with the designers of New York Central Park, he added beautiful gardens. One of the nation's first planned communities remains one of its finest. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Walter Kohler didn't stop at safe working conditions and adequate wages. He knew that souls also need beauty. All three contribute to the high calling of our
0: daily work. For more information, visit our dailywork.org.
2: Great party, huh, guys? Yeah, oh, yeah it is. is so
0: much
2: fun. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do say so myself. Um, hey, did you know that birthday parties actually help build confidence in kids?
1: Um, yeah, I did know that.
2: Did you know that giving kids less sugar before bedtime helps them sleep better?
6: Right, of course.
2: Yeah, I knew that. Um, did you know that strollers have the right of way on sidewalks? Oh, yeah, I knew that.
6: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: Did you know that friendly kids statistically have more friends?
2: <laughs> Everyone knows that. Oh, yeah? yeah pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Obvious. Hey, guys, did you know that most people think they're using the right car seat for their kid, but they're not? I didn't know that. <laughs> I think I knew that. No, you didn't. Parents who really know it all? Know for sure that their child is in the right car seat at the right age and size. Visit safercar.gov slash the right seat to make sure your child is protected. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.
10: Should churches use surveillance cameras? Legal insights for pastors. Here's a word from attorney David Gibbs Jr. A pastor of a very new church called the Christian Law Association with the problem. He knows having two adults present at all times with children is a safeguard against liability. With such a small congregation, however, having two adults in the room was often difficult. Our attorney suggested, consider using surveillance cameras. The law allows property owners, in this case the church, to install and use surveillance cameras on their own property. The church can now have more adults attend the main service and know the children at the church are safe and watched for. If you have any questions about the use of surveillance cameras, please call us at CLA.
1: If it's been a while since you've been to our website, you really ought to check it out. Christianlaw.org is a virtual tool shed of legal tools, legal advice for pastors and ministries,
10: answers to difficult questions, links to helpful PDF files, and much more. Then there's our legal alert newsletter and a link that lets you contact a CLA attorney. So check it all out at christianlaw.org. Again, that's christianlaw.org.
4: This is Morning Inspirations with Minister Kenneth
12: Jenkins. W Mind Block Radio. Turn it up for sound.
7: I felt that need
12: In times like these, strangers at your doors should be treated cautiously. But unwelcome strangers in your home can be your worst nightmare. Home invasion is a form of armed robbery where criminals break into homes through unlocked or open doors and windows. They even trick people into opening their doors to confront victims face-to-face. They can be after money and valuables, threaten personal assault, or take members of the family captive. But you can be proactive against these disturbing attacks. Learn how to protect yourself against home invasions. Never open the door to strangers. Secure your home with high-security locks and quality door and window hardware. Consider a home security system and even a dog. It's also a good idea to devise an action plan for your family in case intruders ever do enter your home. To learn more about how to keep your home safe from intruders, visit ncpc.org. That's ncpc.org. A message from the U.S. Department of Justice. National Crime Prevention Council and the Ad Council.
8: You're listening to the Jam Radio Network
7: with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. Hi,
13: this is Donnie McCligan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial, but the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, the blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent and noticeable, us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, is having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. The blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away.
5: You're listening to the Jam Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
0: This is Anne Graham Lotz with Daily Light for Daily Living. If you want to experience God, you must choose him at all costs. You must be willing to do as Peter did in Matthew 14. Step out of the boat. Risk total failure in the eyes of others. Discover firsthand his power enabling you to walk on the water when Jesus bids you come. Again and again I've been confronted with hard choices when I've had to throw caution to the wind and abandon myself to faith in him and him alone. When I step into a pulpit, when I begin to write, when I commit this ministry to much more than we have resources to underwrite. Whenever I choose to step out in obedient faith and trust him, I'm actually choosing to take him at his word. Listen to me. Put him to the test. Obey whatever he says. Do it. The result will be the
3: thrilling adventure we call the Christian life. This is Ann Graham Wonderful
7: God, so wonderful. He's wonderful, God. He's so wonderful. Lord is my shepherd. He's my God. Oh, wait. There's no limit to what my Lord can do, and well I oh, I love God. He's so
3: Decided.
14: And I'm sorry. I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart. And I invite you into my life. To be my Savior. And my Lord. I believe. Jesus. You are the Son of God. I believe. You died for me. Say, I am saved! I am saved! Hallelujah! Say. 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 Saved!
15: Oh, well, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other message. Oh, come to him. Come to the Saviour tonight. Come to him just as you are. Come to him in your sin. Come to him in all your needs. Cast yourself upon his mercy and upon his infinite grace. Cast yourself upon his mercy mercy and upon his His infinite grace. grace. Cast yourself wholly to him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God. And eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation? For how will you escape if you neglect so great salvation?
7: How- Can I say thanks For the things you have done for me Things so undelayed That you gave your very life for me The voices
11: All that I am and ever hope to be,
7: we give it all to thee, to God.
3: Check one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. This is
4: Jam
10: Radio Network. This is Jam Radio Network. This is Jam Radio
7: 2.1.
10: This is Quiet Storm Inspirations. You're listening to the Lighthouse Hour with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. You are
4: listening to Morning Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1.
10: This is Morty Inspirations on Jam Radio 2.1. You are listening to Quiet Storm Inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins. What's the
4: basis for morality? This is Ken Ham, author and speaker on science and the Bible's reliability. I'm often accused by atheists of lying to children when I teach them about the true history found in the Bible. So I ask atheists, what basis can you tell me lying's wrong? You see, in order for them to say that lying is wrong, they have to borrow from my biblical worldview. If we just evolve from animals, then we're really no different from the animals. Animals do what's best for them, so why can't I just do what I want as long as it helps me? Now, most atheists won't agree with that kind of morality, but to say that something is wrong, they have to appeal to an absolute standard, but they don't have one. It's God's Word that tells us what's right and what's wrong. Without a Creator... We've no basis for morality.
0: Want to know more about the basis for morality? Visit our faith affirming website to learn about our Creator at answersingenesis.org. Answersingenesis.org.
1: Looking for a lift? Experience a sea from the sore with Michael Guido of Metter, Georgia.
5: Her house was burning and the firemen raced to put out the fire. But she tripped one and stopped another ma'am asked the chief how do you want your house medium rare or well done she wanted her house saved but on her own terms and there are many who want their souls saved but on their own terms if you're to be saved it must be by God's terms It's not by trying, but by trusting, not by reformation, but by regeneration, not by the church, but by Christ. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ.
1: For your free copy of Dr. Guido's daily devotional Feeds from the Sower, write The Sower, Meador, Georgia, 304-39. Visit
2: us on the web at thesower.com. piece of music is played with only two instruments a right hand and a left hand hands can do incredible things but nothing compares to using them to help save a life with hands-only CPR if an adult suddenly collapses call 911 then push hard and fast in the center of their chest until help arrives hands-only CPR is recommended by the American Heart Association and it's incredibly easy and effective Find out more about this latest method of CPR at handsonlycpr.org. The power to help save a life is in your hands. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council.
6: So, who is pushing your button? Hi, this is Jonathan Falwell. When we are not controlled by and walking in the Spirit of God, we are literally giving into the flesh that raw lust and desire of our hearts. We have to get away from that because what happens in the end is always the same. The end leads to destruction. It leads to fighting against the Spirit who is alive and well in us and leading us and guiding us. We are fighting against ourselves. In Galatians chapter 5, it says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you were led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions... In other words, we have to refocus our desires so that our desires are not in the things of the world, but rather we should want to live for him, walk with him, experience all that God has for us, and this can only be done with righteous living. One-on-one with Pastor Jonathan. To receive his daily audio devotional free
1: by email each day, register at fallwell.com. F-A-L-W-E-L-L. Fallwell.com.
4: This is morning inspirations with minister Kenneth Jenkins. Oh,
7: happy day. Happy day. Oh, happy day When Jesus was Oh, when he wore When Jesus was He wiped the sins away oh, Love. oh, happy day Oh, happy day Oh, happy day, oh, happy day. Oh. BD. Oh, happy day.